0: This is the GGC Life Podcast.
1: you're on tonight, one road leads to destruction. One late road leads to hell, and it's wide. And the Bible says many travel down it. And there's another road that's narrow, and only a few find it. My question is tonight, are you one of the few? Have you given your whole life to Jesus? Or did you just say a prayer once and gave Him your heart? Because it's way more than giving Him your heart. He wants your whole life. And he will do something so beautiful with it. Just like he did with a friend of mine. This is really special for me. We don't actually do this often at all. But I've been traveling with a buddy. Come up here, Michael. He's a champion because he's been in a car with me for 17 days. <laughs> and he's still sane. <laughs> We've got two more days, mate. You're doing well. You all good? Good. Thank you. I just thought it'd be so beautiful for you to hear Michael's story.
0: Thanks, man. Um, I want to actually start off and just honour Leo, Christine, Josiah, and your um, Sophie. It's an absolute miracle that I'm actually here today. So to be able to honour you guys and honour you, Daz, I should have been dead so many times. But I actually want to... Like, I want to take it back a bit here to six years ago. My wife does a lot of Daz's graphic design artwork. And um, he used to come around to our house. And I'd been going, like Dad said before, there's people out there who are trapped at the moment. I was trapped in church for seven years. I was raising my hands on a Sunday, praise you Jesus. And then I'd be sticking a needle in my arm half an hour afterwards. And I thought I was a Christian. Daz used to come round to our place to catch up with her wife to do graphic design work. And I did not like him. He was the weirdest guy <laughs> I have actually ever met. So when I first read his book, his first book, Fearless, don't be weird. Still think there's areas of weirdness there, but (laughs) he's become a best mate. And this is so special being up here, because you started off with Ephesians, um, first day you were reading out of Ephesians, and Janet's here, and her husband, Wes, Pastor Wes, and Darren prayed for me, and Wes spoke Ephesians over me. I'd spent 25 years sticking needles into my arms, nine rehabs and two mental institutions. They actually sent me from New Zealand over to Australia, into South Australia, out past Port Augusta, because no rehab to take me in New Zealand. So um, I am a living miracle of what God can do, that no one is too far lost that they can't be found. I thought I was going to die. Each day, I just want to share this one thing. Each day I'd go into the toilet at home and I'd be shoving needles into my arms thinking that my wife or kids are going to find me dead on the toilet floor. But my wife carried on praying. Daz was praying. Wiz and Daz prayed for me. Nine rehabs, two mental institutions, one prayer set me free. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just so grateful for de- to Jesus and for having this opportunity for being alive today, or dead, but alive. Yeah, thanks.
1: And Michael is so awesome to travel with. We legit travel everywhere together. And what I think is so amazing is the cars that we hire they are not like my car, because in the passenger seat, there's a brake. Like, he's always using his brake on the passenger seat, and he holds on to the feet and does the deep breathing, like, you, you know, when you're him birth? He does that that birth breathing when I'm driving. So weird. Hey, uh, on Sunday, I preached here. Who was here on Sunday? Kormos, cool, yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, I played a little video, uh, break dancing, actually, and... Uh, and to be fair, I'm not that great at headspins. spins. You saw that. But just to redeem myself, uh, I wanted to play another little video of me breakdancing because I'm actually really good at backspins, Not so good at headspins, spins, really good at backspins. spins. So I've put them both together and I just want you to enjoy this. This is how Kiwis breakdance. Check it out.
0: Best hip hop performance.
1: You can break dance, can you? Yeah, you know I can break dance, bro. Or, do you know what? I used to do backspins and I can spin about 15 times backspin. Yeah, check it out. Dad, you can't break dance. I legit can. You, you legit can't? I legit can. Fine, do it then, just don't break your back. What, here? Yeah. Do it, come on.
0: Right, do, it do it then, come on.
1: Alright. I'm, I'm good. Oh no, I'm beached bro, I'm beached is. Yeah, there we go. Father, I just thank you for every single person in this room. Lord, I pray tonight that as I speak there be arrows of piercing fire that would hit every single heart. Lord, I pray for the people watching online, live, or in the next days and weeks to come, Lord, that you would impact their life in such a powerful way. Amen Amen. and amen. Well, let's let's read a little bit of the Bible, eh, since it's a church thing. John 3.16, it says this. You probably heard it in uh, Sunday school a lot, but I want to read it out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, isn't that interesting? Whoever. Are you a whoever? Is this room full of whoever's? That whoever would believe in him shall not perish. That's pretty full on, isn't it? Do you know there's as much hell in John 3.16 as what there is heaven? But have everlasting life. So let's say that again. For God so loved the world, he didn't just love you, he so loved you. He so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see, in in my world, um, I didn't grow up in church. And I I remember my earliest memory as a six-year-old boy sitting on my granddad's knee. And I was trying to read... Some words that are on a page. I'll come down here if that's cool. And I couldn't read the words because I was struggling with dyslexia. And my granddad pushed me off his knee and he said, You are thick, just like your father. And you see, this little six year old boy, I believe that lie. I believe that I was thick. See, the devil is a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies. What lies have you believed? What have you had spoken over you that you've believed? Because as this little boy growing up thinking that I am thick, thinking that I am dumb, doing spelling tests and getting fail, 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 my school reports would come back, they were tragic, and it just made sense. Why did it make sense? Because I'm thick just like my father, just like my granddad said. I remember I was doing a spelling test in front of the class and I was so nervous about doing it. I was so scared. And the teacher got me up and she said, I want you to spell this word, go. And uh, I just went, oh, oh, and I tried spelling it and the kids started laughing in the class. And as they started laughing, I started shaking for the first time, having a panic attack, public. And then as I'm shaking, the kids started laughing. School can be cruel, ma'am. And as I'm shaking, I'm peeing myself in front of the class. Urine running down my legs. You see, I started to hate myself at a very young age. And that got birth from my grandfather. Speaking that into my life. And I could never understand why my grandfather liked my sister, but he hated me. So it got to a a stage where I just started doing anything to make myself feel good. Any drug. Any sexual encounter. Anything. Just to try and heal that broken heart. But unfortunately, the drug addiction just started taking over. And I couldn't keep a job. I was totally out of control. Suicidal. I'm going to tell you a pretty out there story right now. So, one day a guy came around to my house and I owed him money for drugs. And I didn't have any money to pay him. And uh, so he gave me a hiding. And then he came back and he said, I'll come back tomorrow if you haven't got the money. I'm going to kill you. I thought, well, I'm not too keen on that. So I'm going to do it myself. Because I had no self-worth. So I put a hose in the back of my car, put Metallica on as loud as I can. And things... Crazy things were happening, man. And I woke up in the hospital. And I thought for so many years that my car must have run out of gas. How else can I still be alive? And it was really interesting. I was with some friends, and we were in my study a month ago. Michael was there. And we were praying. And as we were praying, one of my friends said this this is a little bit out there, but it's good. I want you to know that God is fully out there, man. He's not in your little box. He's out there. And one of my friends said, Jesus has just walked in the room. And we're all sitting there. And we had our eyes closed and we're just praying. And he said, Jesus has just walked in the room. And as he said that, I saw the day that I was trying to take my own life. I I saw myself sitting in the car. And I heard God so clearly say to me, I turned the key off. You asked Michael, man. I just started bawling and bawling. And then I contacted my dad. I said, Dad, can you remember all those years ago? What happened with my car? And he said, well, the next day I went and moved it so it hadn't run out of gas at all. Jesus had leaned over and turned the key off. And he said, I was with you that day sitting in the back. And then there was all these other days that I should have been dead. And Jesus was saying, I was with you that day as well. I was with you that day as well. I was with you that day as well. And all these questions that I had, they got answered in a night. Why? Because he was with me even though I didn't believe. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's got such a plan for your life. All he wants is all of you. He loves you. Young people, he loves you. It's time to tip your schools upside down. You all know young girls that are broken, that need Jesus. He wants to use you. It's incredible. So amazing. So then I, I take off to Aussie. And uh, I'm traveling around Oz surfing and partying. And uh, one night we go into a church in Wollongong. And, uh, like, I'd never been into a church. And I thought, well, there'll be chicks. That's not chips, that's chicks, girls. <laughs> They'll probably have chips as well because Christians like eating. <laughs> so I walk in. And they all want to hug me. And I wasn't a hugger, man. You don't hug. I'm way too cool to hug. And they all wanted to hug me, and they were, oh, it's so good to see ya. And like full, you know, teeth smiles. You know, when someone's really excited that you see all their teeth? Freaked me out, man. I thought, flipping neck, this is a cult. 100%, this is my first cult. Never been into a cult? In Wollongong, first cult. So I go and I, I sit down, and in the. They've got their hands in there, and they're singing. I'm going, wow, this is next level, man. There was a lady running from one side of the church to the other, and she had a flag. She was running with a blimmin' flag. You take a flag to the football. You don't take a flag to church. A fire flag. I was just going, what the heck is this? So I'm just sitting there going, wow, I'm so glad I come to this. This is absolutely insane. Poor people. And I'm sitting there, sitting there, just judging the whole thing, really, just didn't understand. And the preacher, who's actually a pastor today in Wollongong, I, I met him last Saturday. It was so beautiful. I met this man, it was wild, it was beautiful. He's preaching about Jesus being the good shepherd leaving the 99 to go and find the one. And as he was preaching that, I just sat there and I just had this little wee thought. I wonder if he'd ever come and find me. Just this wee little thought. Friends, I want you to get this bit, man. Because as I had that little thought, I physically felt warmth going up my arms I didn't think it I knew what it was like to be high the night before I was off my chops wasted as I knew what it was like to be wasted but this was different and I could feel it going up my arms I was going oh my goodness what is this then it started going across my chest this warmth like warmth that I've never felt before it was so beautiful it was so amazing And with everything in me, I did not want to cry. I was so cool. Like, legit, super cool. And tough. Oh, you got no idea how cool I was. (laughs) On the outside. But on the inside, I was this broken little boy. And I just wanted someone to love me. And the tears started, and I'm trying like anything to hold them back, man. You know, when you try and hold tears back, they just kind of get worse, and they sometimes explode. I exploded on the lady next to me, snot, just went, (laughs) (laughs) poor old thing. And I'm just having a moment. Just bawling my eyes out, bawling. This dude's up preaching. I'm sitting in the middle of the room, just bawling. He said, "Sir, you need to come here." He remembers doing this. We talked last week. He remembers saying, "Come up here." I'm shaking my head, going, "No way, man. I'm not going anywhere near you. This is a blimmin' cult. They've got me crying now. I'm not going near them. No way." But you see what happened that night? God lassoed my heart. He pulled me down to the front of that church. I don't even know the prayer that I prayed that night. But what I do know, I walked into that church so broken, so addicted, and I walked out of that church a son. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And if he can save a wretch like me, he can save you. How horrible would it be to die and stand before him and realize that you haven't lived for him. You've lived for yourself and you've just kind of wore him like a Gucci handbag. Depart from me. I never knew you. Thy words human beings never want to hear. I can remember I was sharing the gospel with this dude on Facebook and he was mocking me and being mean to me. And that's okay. The Bible says you will be hated for my name'sake. So I sent him a little video. On the video, I go, bro, Jesus loves you, man. He's got a plan for your life, buddy. Send, I've got a whole heap of abuse back. So then I sent another one. This time I'm in tears, crying, saying he loves you. Give him your whole life. Send. Got a whole heap of abuse back. A couple of weeks later, that young man made a dumb decision. Who knows? We all make dumb decisions from time to time. The decision he made, he didn't buckle himself in. Car crash. Went through the window screen. Dead. You see, he couldn't stand before Jesus and go, but Jesus, no one told me. Yeah, they did. Remember that guy, the dreads and the tats? He sent you two videos. Remember that guy at school that would always invite you to youth group and you mocked him? I put you on his heart. Remember that day you were walking through Westfield and that lady had Jesus loves you on a T-shirt? I got her to wear that T-shirt that day for you. Here's the deal. Today is the day that you're going to hear the gospel. You can never stand before him after you leave this room and go, but no one ever told me. Because tonight, my job is to tell you the truth. I hated my grandfather. I hated him. He never did anything sexually to me, but the emotional abuse and the physical abuse was so horrible. I hated him. And then I got saved, and I still hated him. You see, sometimes we can think we get saved, we give our lives to Jesus, we get born again, and everything just becomes perfect. Nope. We go from glory to glory, we never actually arrive. We're always a work in progress. And as the years went on, I I would think about him, and I wasn't allowed to see him due to some legal stuff. But I heard that he was sick. And I was flying back from America. I went over to a place called Pensacola to a revival in Brownsville. And as the plane's just about to land in Christchurch, Jesus spoke to me because he talks. It's not a gift to hear God's voice. He'd be a pretty average father if he didn't talk. The issue's not God's talking. It's the issue's his kid's not listening. And he said, you need to go and see your grandfather. I went, there's no way. And I just spent two weeks in a church, most days. To get into the church, you had to be lined up at 7, 7.30 in the morning in a line to get in at 6.30 at night. It's called revival. It's amazing. That builds expectation when you're in a line all day to get into a building. And I didn't want to, man. And I started driving to his house straight from the airport. And I, uh, I knocked on the door, and I was so scared. So scared. Because what this man had done It was super hard, man. And when he opened the door, he was this little wee man. I was so shocked because the last time I saw him, he was a big, strong builder. He was this little, frail man. And I said to him, I said, Pop, you're sick. He said, yeah. And I said, Jesus, Jesus, He said, don't you start that. Don't you start that. You see, he'd been hassling my mum. My mum got radically saved. I just want to say something. I'm here today because of three main people in my world. My mum. My mum was a praying mum. And there was so many nights where I was drunk in the gutter in Christchurch City. And the Lord would wake my mum up to pray for her broken son. She never gave up on me. She always kept believing that one day her son would meet Jesus. <clears throat> I stole some money off her. A couple of weeks ago, things had been a bit tight with offerings. No, there was a joke. There was a joke. <laughs> It's getting a bit awkward for me. I wanted to break the <laughs> atmosphere. It's getting a bit heavy. No, it wasn't a couple of weeks ago. It was a couple of months ago. Um, and I, I had to go and pay some court fines. And uh, and I thought, well, Mum gave me a card. It would be an idea to call into the Christchurch Casino. I thought, that could work. And, I mean, I wasn't a Christian. And so I, I emptied Mum's account. And I thought she'll probably be okay, because she's gone religious. She'll probably be sweet. And uh, she wasn't that sweet. And I had to pay the money back, but I also had to go to church with her. I was more gutted that I had to go to church with her than have to pay the money back. So I go along to this church with her, and I'm I'm reading a Kiwi Surf magazine. It's a New Zealand surfing magazine. I'm in the back row, and I'm only going, because I've just stolen off my mother, and uh, I'm just reading this book, and the guy up on the stage, what is it with Christians, I don't know, but he said, sir, sir, yes, you are reading the book with the dreadlocks, stand up, and I went, oh, there's no way I'm not standing up, so what the heck's he doing, what's he doing, so he got off the stage, and he came to me, I want you to understand the power of the seed, because he eyeballed me. And he said, I want you to know, God's called you to be an evangelist. I had no idea what that meant. I thought God was on the other side of Mars. I had no idea. No idea. And he said, an itinerant, international, evangelist, get ready. My mum is sitting up the front, writing all that in her Bible. I still have those pages. Very special. Very, very special. And I went yeah, good on you, mate. So rude. I was so rude. He would have gone back to the stage going, oh, I think I got that one wrong. Because I was so rude. But here's the deal. It's the power of the seed. Yes. Oh, he sowed a seed. Yeah. And then about 18 months later, I was in your country. I walk into that church in God, I get saved. And then I remember what that man had prophesied. And I think what was so amazing is a few days after that, I was flying to Bali to go surfing, and we went to a place called Sumbawa in Lombok, which there was, there was no girls, there was no drugs, there was very little drinking. It was like a, a full-blown Christian detox for me. It was just God's perfect timing. <clears throat> On the flight over, which I think was very interesting, I had no idea what an evangelist does. I had no idea what evangelism was. But what I did know, a few days earlier, I walked into a church and met a God that I never believed in. And he touched me in such a powerful way. I I was was changed, I was different. I was free. That shadow of oppression and depression and addiction had gone. The Bible says, who the son, that's not that round thing in the sky. It's the son of God. Who the son sets free is free indeed. So I'm thinking about this mid-flight. And remember, I'm not churched, haven't been to church, didn't realize that Christians don't swear. So I stand up in the aisle I go, hey, guys, hey, could you take your headphones off? Take your headphones off. And people were, that was so lovely, they took their headphones off. I said, I want you to know I met God. He's effing real. And I start preaching to the plane, dropping these F-bombs. And I didn't even realize that that's not okay because I did such an encounter with him. It wasn't until I started getting invited to churches and dropping F-bombs where there was issues. I've been banned from a couple. So mum played such a, a vital role in her son meeting Jesus. But you see, when I came back to Christchurch, I needed to find a church. And this is where it gets pretty special. Because um, I walked into this church one night hall's Horswell, and Janet, Pastor Janet, was there with Wes. And I thought, man, this is a cool church. And uh, Janet just started... She was full on, just, just I was just going, wow, man, this chick's full on. I thought, this is amazing. And I started a relationship with Wes and Janet. And 22 years later, Wes and Janet are still my spiritual parents. And, uh, yeah, come on. And I tell you what. Wes is bald, and I think it's because of me. (laughs) You know, they saw the gold in me when others didn't. They saw the call of God on my life when others didn't. When others were writing me off, they had my back. They were the ones that would sit me down in a coffee shop and say, hey, man, you need to work on this and this and this. These were the ones that loved me unconditionally. And for me, this is super special. That we're in Aussie soil together. This is the fruit of your labor. On. Come on. So good. Yay. Oh, I just have a wee minute. Oh. Mm. And we've been through a lot over the years a lot of battles, a lot of stuff. And I've always loved me through the battles. Because that's church. Church is family. And we're also army. I just want to share this really quickly. Then we're going to pray for some people. Yeah, it's an emergency. It actually is. I got invited to an evangelism school in 2017 in Florida, and I was very excited. A lot of my heroes were the speakers there, and I, and I honestly thought I would learn how to do this really well, and share with people on the street really well, and I was, I was so excited. They have a lot of people apply, and they only accept 100 students. Ryan Harbonke's ministry, Daniel Kalender, and all, all their friends, it was, it was amazing. But you see, when I got there, I just couldn't stop crying. And I was thinking, I'm not learning a lot about evangelism, but for five days, Holy Ghost kept telling me, you're my son, you're my son, every day, you're my son. See, I've got four kids and a beautiful wife, and what I have realized is my kids don't try and be my kids. They just are my kids. And they know, whether they're well behaved or naughty, that their dad loves them. So my kids don't wake up in the morning and gather together and go, okay, okay, we've got to be really good kids today for dad. We've got to do this. They just wake up and destroy the house. And I think there's so many Christians and you spend your whole life trying to be a blooming Christian. Just stop. Stop trying to be a Christian. Oh my goodness, how tiring. Be a son and a daughter. Walk in that. Because when you're close to him, those stu- that stuff that traps you will just fall off. Then those little lies, psh, 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 the, the devil, you'll go, that is not my fault. And you'll be free. So many people spend so much time trying to be a Christian when they forget that they just need to be a son or a daughter. The whole week, God was just saying to me, you're my son, you're my son. And actually, that was the best evangelism training any minister, fivefold or otherwise, could ever get, that you're a son and you're a daughter. That simple. And uh, on the last night, we were standing and the speakers come in and pray for us and there was a, a, an American evangelist by the name of Jesse was standing next to me and he goes, hey, Daz, it's an honor to die next year tonight. Good. Whoa. I was thinking, what the heck? Then I started thinking, actually, that's where it's at. I've never heard a dead person gossip. I've never heard a dead person complain. I thought, wow. The Bible says it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, through me. And as I'm standing there just processing that, I physically started feeling, and I'm not a feely guy. I shared this morning, uh, this afternoon in in my wee training, I'm not that kind of feely guy. Like I can be in a room and, Everyone falls down except me. It's just, and I won't do courtesy. Well, I've done three courtesy drops because of (laughs) due to bad breath. But other than that, we don't go there. And I could feel this rubbing on my chest. I could feel it. Why? Because God's alive. He's not just a name in an ancient book. He is alive. His spirit is alive. And he wants to pour his spirit out on his people. And I could feel this rubbing on my chest. And it felt so beautiful. It reminded me about the night in Wollongong when I got saved. It was beautiful. And I fell to my knees. And I said, Jesus, what is it? What is it? What's going on? And he showed me a picture of a little lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this beautiful little lamb was licking my chest. It was so intimate. It was so beautiful. The little lamb was so precious and small. It was a wow moment. And then I saw this lion's paw with these big claws, and it came across my chest, and it ripped my chest open, and that moment I started yelling, ah! and I'm not that guy, I'm not that guy, I don't do yelling out stuff, I'm not that guy, I'm actually very <laughs> introverted, believe it or not, I am, you ask Michael, I'm not that guy, I'm yelling, I'm yelling out loud, man. And I saw this this poor came in like a hand and the hand grabbed my heart and he pulled my heart out of my chest. You might think this is weird, good. Because God's not in your box. Get him out of the box. And my hand was beating, heart was beating in his hand and he said these words, this is now mine. That moment changed everything. You see, as we were yeah, come on, Jesus, do it again, do it again, do it again. As we flew over to the states, we were preaching on the planes. We were doing all this stuff. We actually had a big layover in LA, and and I jumped into a cab and I said to the cabbie, "Take us to the most dangerous street in LA." And he goes, "Why? Because we want to preach Jesus." It was amazing. I thought my friend was on board, but he was freaking out. It was awesome. But on the way home, after that encounter, I had my hood up. I was wearing sunglasses. I was just on the plane like this. Flight attendants would come up to me and go, you are you okay? i go, no, I'm behind it. And they'd go, whoa. Okay, aisle seven, we've got a loony. But that's Okay. Because I had an encounter with God. When God invades a human body, things are going to shift. If you get hit by a Mack truck, you come up different. It's the same, man. And so I got home, and I was just different. I was just different. There's something about the lamb. I was different. And I remember I went down to check the surf. I'd been home for three days. And I drove into the Amberley Beach car park and there was four guys and they started my number plate preacher and they started mocking me because I'm a number plate so I got out of the car and I ran over to them I said guys why are you mocking me man oh you're a Christian are you yeah I am he loves you man he loves you so much and then I started leaning in you know how sometimes when you lean in you go what the heck am I doing It was one of those moments it's going what the heck am I doing because I grabbed his ears not that normal. I grabbed his ears. It's not a word of a lie. I grabbed his ears. And as I grabbed his ears, he burst into tears in front of his friends. He was a prodigal. He had a mum and dad that was praying for him. That day on the beach, he rededicated his life to Jesus. And I knew it was because of an encounter, an encounter that I had three days earlier. And then a a few months after that, I was with you, Cliff. We were preaching in Hamilton. We did a youth camp. You and I were preaching together. You did the Friday night, I did the Saturday night. And uh, I just preached, it was awesome. And this young girl came up to me after the service and she goes, Hey, This is such and such. I'm a youth pastor. She drew you a picture. And I went, oh, cool. What's the picture? Oh, you won't like it. It's silly. No, no, show me. What's the picture? Oh, you won't like. Show me the picture. (laughs) And I said, did God speak to you? And she goes, yep. I said, could you please show me the picture? This is what she drew. You see, he's got my heart, but he's no respecter of person. He's got yours as well, and if he has not he wants to, my question tonight is, what are you going to do with Jesus? If I'm going to have the band up here right now. You see, this is my little truck. If we could get a camera. Can you zoom in on this for me, please, on for the screens? It's my little blue truck. I take it everywhere I go. In COVID, Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, Go and get your little blue truck. And I went into my office and I grabbed my little blue truck and it's all broken. I had to actually super glue one of the wheels together. I've lost the trailer and it's all beaten up and busted. We have a lot of children in our house, four kids, well Bree is five kids, there's only four that I know of, so we have a lot of toys. There's not one toy in my house that is more special than this. I used to play with this in the garden by myself when my grandfather used to say all those horrible things to me. I used to go and get my precious little blue truck and I used to play with it. And you see, even though it's broken, the window's smashed. It's broken. It's such a beautiful picture that the owner loves his little blue truck. And I think so often we can think we need to come to God and be all fixed up all plastic and shiny. But friend, I'm here to tell you tonight, come just as you are. Come with the brokenness. Come with the scratches. Come with the stuff from the past because the one who created you absolutely adores you just the way you are. Just the way you are. So you don't need to try and hide all the secret sin. You don't need to try and hide all that junk because he sees right through it. He sees it all. You can shut your door and turn your computer on and think that no one can see. I want you to know that he sees every moment. And he's saying, Why would you do that when you could spend time with me? He's alive. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And here's the deal. Tonight, he wants you to know he loves you, even if you're broken. Even if the scars from the past still hurt you, he loves you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And like I said in my my session this afternoon, whether you respond or don't, It's up to you. I'm going to go back to my hotel tonight happy. Do you know why? Because I've been obedient to this point with God, what God has wanted me to say. And now it's your turn. Will you be obedient tonight and respond to the gospel? Because if you don't, it's totally up to you. It's totally up to you. But you don't want to be like that guy who mocked me, who rejected me, rejected Jesus, mocked Jesus, and then went flying through a window screen. That's the truth, man. I just want to preach the gospel for three minutes. And as I'm preaching, if it cuts your heart, or if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to do something super brave talking to every single person in the room you guys on the floor down the back i'm talking to you you guys behind the desk i'm talking to you you guys online i'm talking to you you may be a leader i preached in a church once and it's actually the first time i preached there and the pastor he was already pretty nervous getting me in because of the way that i looked well Dad, how do you know that well when i was sitting next to his wife she moved her handbag (laughs) And as I started preaching, God said to me, There's a leader in this church and you're backslidden. The reason I'm saying this, there's a leader that can hear my voice in this room right now and you are backslidden. Your heart is not where it used to be. And I called it out just like I'm calling it out now. And I looked at the pastor as I was calling it out because I actually just thought it was quite normal. He was freaking out. Like he had hives. He kept scratching, moving his legs. He was freaking out. And I kept saying, who are you? Leader, today is your day. Who are you? Super uncomfortable, but you see, God wants us to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. It's okay. Eternity actually is the wrong thing to be wrong about, and it's the wrong thing to play with And I said, who are you? Stand up. And I heard a noise. I didn't register. I said, come on, divorce Sophia. Who are you? This is speaking to one person in here right now. I can hear your heart. Tonight is your night. He wants to set you free, just like he did Michael, just like he did me. I hear, "Dad's, that's me. And I turned around and it was the worship leader. You see, the worship leader had been singing songs about Jesus, but she wasn't in love with Jesus at all. She'd just been playing the game. Don't play the game. Don't play the game. What if Jesus' friends handed him over for a bag of coins? The Roman soldiers, they arrested him. This is not just an Easter story. This is an everyday story. They got him, they tied him to a pole and they would start whipping him and whipping him. The Bible says that his skin was hanging like ribbons. They'd put a sack over his head and they'd punch him in the face and punch him in the face. And they'd say, if you're really a prophet, tell us who just hit you. They were ripping out his beard. Men that have got beards, could you imagine that? that someone comes in, a stranger comes in and starts ripping out your bed. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They flogged him. They stretched his arms out. They put these nine-inch nails through his hands. They chopped his feet together. If we could have that slide up. They chopped his feet together. They slammed another nail in between his feet. They put a rope around that cross. The Bible says, as he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. King Jesus died on that cross that day. you how much he loves you. Rose from the dead, appeared to one to two, to ten, to over five hundred at once. Twenty-five years ago in your country, he appeared to me. That's why it's always such an honour for me to preach in Aussie. I met King Jesus on your soil I was sharing my testimony at a church in Rickerton and Christchurch my mum came in and she said Pop's not doing too well you need to go and see him So I went round to his house and I asked the whole family to get out of the room. And I knelt beside Pop's bed. The man that I hated so much. I knelt beside his bed. You know tonight, I'm kneeling beside your bed. Tonight is your night. And I said, Pop, Jesus loves you so much. He died for you, Pop. You are going to die. Don't die without Jesus, please. And I shared the gospel. I shared why the king hung on the cross to take away the sin of the world. I shared that the only way to the Father is through Jesus. There's not many ways. There's one way. Buddha can't save you. Allah can't save you. Muhammad can't save you. New Age teaching cannot save you. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one will get to the Father except going through me. And I said, Pop, what are you going to do with Jesus? He could hardly speak. And he was holding my hand. The last words that man ever said to me, the first ones are you afflict just like your father. The last words were, Darren, you've pulled yourself together well. I said, do you want to receive Jesus as your personal saviour? And he said, yes, I do. I said, squeeze my hands, Pop, if you agree with everything I'm saying. He was squeezing my hands and shaking so much as he received Jesus as his personal (laughs) saviour. I'm often preaching somewhere boldly, and I look up and I just know Pop. And my daughters are looking down over the balustrade of heaven going, come on, Dad. You tell them the truth, Dad. You tell them that no one's that lost that they can't be found. You tell them that Jesus is their only hope. If that's you tonight, stand up right now. If you need to get right with God, stand up right now. Stoked days. one of the scariest verses in the Bible is if you're lukewarm, he'll vomit you from his mouth. You can't hold the world with that hand and try and grab his hand with that hand, it's all or nothing. We're going to count down from 10. See, before we do that, before I count down, can we just sing a few verses of amazing grace? And I just want you to ask yourself this question. If you were to die tonight and you're online, where would you spend eternity? Where would you spend eternity? The altar is open start singing and you feel to come forward call we'll pray for you then I'm going to do a countdown and then we're going to move on I want you to look your neighbor in the eye. No joking. This is such a serious moment. This moment can change your whole eternity. I want you to look your neighbor in the eye and say, Do you need to get down there? And if they say yes, grab their hand and bring them down. Do it right now. No joking. No laughing. This is serious, man. Hell is real. There's people burning in hell today. It has an address. We're not playing games. But God sends no one to hell. You need to hear my heart. But he'll honor the decision you make or the decision you don't make. Five. Four. Three. I just saw a Three. in the room there's one other person in the room and tonight is your night this is not intense this is love a man jumped off the stage and came and got me tonight is your night tonight is your night saved this is it bro this is it this is the night that he brands your heart in such a way you will never be the same again a preacher, bro. 100%. And the most beautiful uh, part of being able to preach the gospel is leading people to Jesus. So tonight I want you to lead these people to Jesus. You see, it's not about a magical prayer. Okay? We're going to, you're going to lead them through a prayer. A prayer where they they confess that Jesus is Lord. That He died on the cross, rose from the dead and words, they're going to ask Jesus to forgive them from all of their sins. So they're brand new. And then you're going to ask, they're going to ask Jesus to come and make his home in them. And they're going to live for Jesus from this day forward. Okay? I want you to do it because I really believe, man, that when you got prophesied over last night that you're going to be a preacher, this is going to be the norm. kneel down so he's going to lead you in a prayer the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord so yes there is a prayer required but the prayer is what's happening in your heart heart is the language of heaven confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that the Father rose the Son from the dead, you will be saved Let's all say it with Actually, if everyone could be upstanding, and we'll all say it together as a family. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the blood. That was shed for me. I repent for everything that I've done. I repent for everything I've done. And I put my faith in you. I turn away from all the things that I've done. And I come to you in full surrender. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross in my place I love you Lord and I pray that you lead me and guide me for all my days in Jesus name name. Amen Amen I just want all you guys to know this everyone that's kneeling down right now everyone that's here that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that you are born again, that you are saved. This is it, man. Never the same again. This is it. This is it. You are saved. And the devil will come and try and destroy you. But what I want you to say, look him straight in the eye and say, in your face, devil. I'm saved. You are born again. You are brand new. That's self
0: thanks for listening to the ggc life podcast we hope you feel encouraged be blessed